Welcome back to the Activation Face. This is Tim, and I'm here with JP. Say hi, JP. Hi, JP. Hi, JP. Oh, cla right, classic, so, classic. Cool, cool. Didn't expect that one. So, um, uh, yeah, I guess we're doing Vikings today. You are indeed the OG faction of the OG book. Hell yeah. I think there's been a lot of complaints about the Vikings, but we're going to ignore them. <laughs> um, what complaints? I don't know any. Yeah. I personally, I feel they are uh, an OP faction. Yes, um, very. They're very powerful. They've been winning uh, quite a few tournaments recently, actually. So I think people are finally getting back to them and having a fresh look. Kind <laughs> of like the, um, uh, the, the first faction that people pick up. And I think people get discouraged because they're not as good as what people expect in their mind. And then there's a lot of shiny other factions, which you can use your uh, your models for yeah and people move on to that and and kind of get taken away into like a, a rabbit hole of saga different factions and then <laughs> they kind of forget <laughs> the the original faction but uh i think they're actually pretty pretty decent and you don't think they're a, a pushover like people uh, tend to uh, tend to say i think if you want to play them correctly they're more difficult to play than you expect um and you have to make very good trades and so yes and this this faction being the one that's probably played by the most new players uh, sometimes can bring that image but let's talk about them today and find out how how good they actually are and how good we think they are and um as always we'll give them a rating in the end to uh to sum it up so uh jp do you want to start us off with a with a little bit of history just a just a tiny bit as always I think everyone knows about the Vikings. <laughs> what, who, 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 who are they? What am I going to say? That's new. Um, okay. Basically, that's good. Some some dudes living in Scandinavia. Yeah. People uh, debate like how far into Scandinavia these guys were. <laughs> uh, so I'm not going to get into that. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, generally, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, hanging out there, raiding people, stealing things, generally having a good time. Um, cool, perfect. Per per <laughs> so I think that's enough for Saga. Yeah, yeah cool. All right, do you want to do you want to just go straight into the uh, into the equipment options then for us? Yeah, I think we we should probably address that they have, even though they're like the most basic basic faction, they actually have a special troop type, which is oh, one yeah. of the few ones in Age of Vikings. So they have the Berserkers, which is awesome. So um, essentially, with Berserkers, you can choose to switch one point worth of Hearthguard to Berserkers. And the trade-off there is that they get four, uh, four aggression in melee. However, they drop their armor from five to three. So they're basically like naked dudes running around super angry. Um, and <laughs> you can only have four of them, basically. I mean, it sounds pretty Viking to me. Definitely sounds Viking. It also makes a very interesting option. So uh, except for that, the... Equipment options are actually incredibly boring. So you have your Warlord, which is just on foot with no special equipment. Um, Hearthguard, unless you choose Berserkers, are also just the standard stats. So uh, five in, in melee, five in uh, against shooting and two uh, aggression. And then you also have your Warriors, no special equipment options. Um, and Levies are the only options you have. So you have either Bows or Javelins. Then nothing special there. So... Nice and simple. I think it's uh, kind of like uh, it helps 
the beginner skill of the faction. Absolutely. Also, it also just, just means you can basically build any mini. And since there, like, there's no optional rules here, your, your hearth guard can wear whatever and still be the normal hearth guard without be having any problems on the battlefield. So that works. Definitely. And also, it helps that most of the other Viking factions, like Yom's Vikings or Pagan Russ, and not really Norse Gales, but kind of a little bit, uh, have basically the same options. So uh, the, the Pagan Russ are one for one switch. So uh, actually, they can't have bows on the levees, but everything else is the same. So that's uh, pretty, pretty useful. Yeah, for sure. That's. Uh... It, it, yeah, it also just that that's definitely what like what makes it happen that people just switch off and I did too by the way I got Vikings and then switched into Norse Gales because I thought they were cooler and had more shiny abilities. So yeah. Um. So I guess do you want to go into the battle board then and uh, sure. start us off Thing. there? All right. So the basic abilities up top are nice and simple. So you have your standard activations for your. Um, Guard and heroes, your warriors, levies, combat bonus, absolutely nothing different here. Activation pool, exactly the same <laughs> as you would expect. So nice, vanilla, boring, basic abilities. And then the first uh, ability, the first advanced ability is called Njord. It's an activation ability that takes a rare. And it, it says, uh, remove a fatigue from each unit within medium of your warlord. And this remove fatigue is from each unit, not just friendly, but each unit. So, of course, you can use this to refresh in your army after your army made a big charge or after something got wiped out and you need to clear off the fatigue. But that also means if the unit that wiped that, uh, that unit out is still there, then they'll also lose their fatigue. So some careful positioning for your wallet is needed here to get the most out of it without helping your opponent. Yeah, I think this is also probably one of the most confusing abilities because people don't expect it to be played like this. Oh, yeah. It does actually say in the uh, explanation itself that this is exactly how it's intended to work. So, so it's, it's pretty clear. Yeah, so pretty yeah. clear. But anyway. Um, all right. So the next one is Frig. This is using either a rare or a uh, uncommon. This is a melee ability, so remove a fatigue from your unit or gain three attack dice. Again, what's going on with the fatigue here? It seems like um, it seems <laughs> to be focusing on fatigue so far. So yeah, this is um, amazing. Like this basically means you can well, you can uh, do a double move, which is uh, fits nicely with the aggressive Viking vibe that we're going for here, and then start your melee without any fatigue. So that's great. Or it's like a nice little three attack dice. I don't know if I would play it, especially because you don't get a bonus for it uh, for using rare here or anything like that. So it's basically just a slightly better combat bonus. But, uh, yeah, it's versatile. Um, it's not too bad. It, um, but uh, yeah. I think, yeah, the fatigue removal really helps to make that combat that's very important just make it work. So good ability. Next up is Heimdall. It's a melee ability that takes a common. Reduce your unit's armor by one to gain five attack dice. And this is another theme we'll see uh, with this board. You're kind of sacrificing your own models to kill more models uh, of your enemy, of your opponent. And um, I think this one can be good if you know your unit's going to be wiped anyway, or if it's just 
your five dudes into like a big block of that of, of theirs and you know you're if you want to take a big chunk out or take the saga dice because you know you're losing your dice anyway um so this can be good but i think it's more situational than people realize because you're losing your own people your own models uh kind of really hurts throughout the game so what do, you, what do you think about this one yeah i mean five dice is not so something you get very easily um normally so yeah i think it's um okay i mean you're i always feel bad about like trading armor and and stuff like that because you don't really have anything like with the pagan rust where you get a, a buff or yes yes <laughs> or you can raise it easily afterwards or anything like that so it makes it a little bit a little bit iffy but um five dice like yeah if you're i mean if they have a fatigue and you're back to where you were it's not or if they close ranks of yeah. course yeah but if they, like, if they drop dice yeah sure but uh, i think this one you have to kind of watch out when you play this this isn't this isn't an AA picket for a common get five attacks and win the game. It's it's more complicated. Yeah, definitely. All right. The next ability is Odin. This is a shooting reaction using two common dice. So the shooting unit takes as much fatigue as necessary for it to become exhausted. So there's been some questions in the past on this particular ability and when the fatigue get placed and what it means. So essentially, your opponent gets to shoot. You play Odin. They or you place three fatigue on uh, your enemies, or however much fatigue is necessary for them to become exhausted on the enemy unit. And then you, as a Viking player, can choose whether or not you actually want to use that fatigue during the shooting attack to increase your armor, or just leave it on there for the future so that the unit is actually exhausted. So. It's a, it's a pretty powerful ability, especially if you're facing something like Normans or, I guess, even uh, any opposite bow armed factions. Uh, but it does mean that uh, if you want them to be exhausted, you have to like just leave the uh, fatigue there and then eat the shots um, uh, during yeah. one turn. But very powerful. It does mean it is one of the few or one of the uh, two dice abilities, so you're always having that little bit of a trade-off, but uh, worth it to neutralize a powerful shooting unit yeah especially it de definitely catches all like composite bows as you just said it's the like <laughs> it's the bane of the existence of the hunts that just it's just they have to keep on sacrificing units or i guess pick one turn where they where they just accept odin is being played and rush in with everything else so yeah, definitely definitely a a good ability to just put down in the first like in the first turn and then possibly just keep on and use your six dice to do stuff but have this on if you know your opponent might want to shoot or has a big death star that could possibly shoot and um yeah it's a good it's definitely a good ability next up is Asgard. it's an activation reaction that takes an uncommon die trigger after a unit has been activated to charge but before the charge is resolved remove a fatigue from one of your units so just uh, just keeping with the theme of removing some fatigue um you just take away a fatigue from any from any one of your units after they or any unit in your army has been charged uh just to keep them fresh nothing nothing's really special i think and um as the vikings are very aggressive you'll always have a unit up front that has a fatigue so this is good this is okay uh i'm not sure how much how much i would play this i mean it's good for your warlord as well if you have some fatigues on it because you don't need to move the fatigue from the unit that's being charged. It can literally be 
any one of your units. So in that sense, it's very yes, flexible, exactly. like you said. Well, um, yeah. Keeps your Warlord alive, keeps other units also up and running. So nice little, uh, nice little thing for uh, Uncommon. No, if this if this would allow to be triggered uh, when being shot, I think that would that would be very 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 nice for your ward and like kind of enable you to have a very aggressive ward because um, that doesn't work. But yeah, yeah, All go right. ahead. So the next, next one, one again uses an uncommon dice. So this is Thor, a melee ability. So inflict an extra automatic hit for each six or more you rolled on your attack dice. I'm gonna have to check how this works with the uh, new FAQ. They uh, change the wording. I don't think there's it. It doesn't, it doesn't change anything. Yeah. It literally. So yeah. luckily, there it doesn't change anything. Like Tim said. Awesome. Yeah. So if you even if you have like a plus three on your attack dice for whatever reason, uh, there'll still only be a six. But it still a six still works for this. So you'll still get double, or like get an extra, like get an extra automatic hit. And this is a great ability. Come on, look at them. Like. It's an uncommon for exploding sixes. I'll take that. Yeah, That's especially because you have lots of other abilities to get loads of attack dice. So you, um, yeah, it works almost exponentially. So good time on this one. Yeah, and the higher the armor your opponent has, the better this one is. So uh, if you go into Hearthguard, this you're gonna love this one. All right, next up is Ula. It's a melee ability that takes a common and uncommon die. You may reroll all your attack dice, which do not score a hit. And this is a melee faction. A reroll has to be in here. It's uh, it's expensive at two dice, but if you're going into Hearthguard or into a Warlord or any any toughness five, um, this is good. So it's expensive, but if you if you can pair it with something else that makes your attacks more potent, then this one is yeah, really powerful. For example, a Thor. Just throwing this one out there, yeah, <laughs> yeah or yeah, <laughs> so it would work definitely, yeah. All right, yeah. So, so definitely expensive, yeah. but tasty, and uh, combines well with some other uh, abilities as well. All right. So the next one is Loki. This is using a common dice. Uh, it's a melee ability, and until the end of the melee, gain two attack time, gain two attack dice each time. The enemy unit triggers a saga ability or uses one of your fatigues. This is what, definitely something you want to play first um, to uh, to <laughs> shut down or discourage them from playing any other abilities. I also, as an opponent uh, of, of the Vikings, I feel like this ability always makes me think more than uh, I should about playing good abilities. Even though, it, like, two attack dice yeah, generally yeah. doesn't really mean that much in the grand scheme of things but you always feel bad about giving your opponent like just attack dice <laughs> you're like no this doesn't like feel right <laughs> so um, it can kind of in the heat of the moment it can definitely mess with your uh, kind of like your inner your calculation and inner rational calculator brain uh, but uh, like generally it's it's very nice especially uh, if somebody is relying on some kind of crazy combo like scots um, or some other faction like that, where you're playing two, three chained um, abilities. So yes, very nice. I think it's perfectly named, to be honest. Being called Loki, like, and this being like the trickiest ability on here, that's just perfect. And I, I also think 
it the, the the real problem this ability has is that you play it and you don't know if you get like an an actual value out of it. Sure, your opponent not playing any abilities might be because of Loki or just because they. I mean, they can see you have it on. Like they they know in one combat they can't play their abilities. So uh, yeah, this one spending a saga die and getting nothing in return um, can I think can be can be a problem with the Vikings when they have to make everything work. All right, next up is Valhalla. It's a melee ability that can take any saga die facing. Remove up to one to remove one to three warrior or half cut figures from your unit. Gain three attack dice per figure removed, or four if you use a rare. And this one I think is a is a is a tough one because removing your warrior figures uh, obviously generates lots of attack dice, but the the, the cases where this gives you an actual benefit, I think are very, very rare. Because if you have 12 warriors and you start removing removing figures to gain attack dice for them, uh, that's kind of that's kind of frustrating because you have a perfectly healthy unit which you're which you're taking apart for these attack dice. So I'm not sure that's that's a that's a that's a great use of this ability. But if you have a small unit with only like three, two, five or whatever figures which you think are going to die anyway, this doesn't even get full value because you can't generate uh, more than twice what your unit has anyway. So uh, removing two figures and uh, gaining six attacks, six attack dice, or five or four, it's never going to feel as rewarding. So I think this one's kind of difficult to play. I'm not sure. Uh, what, what do you think, JP? I think it's um, he gets played a lot. It gets played with berserkers quite often because they're going to die anyway, and you get the attacks. Um, you get the extra attacks, but I think that's probably the the, yeah. the most obvious use case where you know they're going to die anyway. Um, you might as well just get some extra extra juice out of them. Uh, Let, let's be honest, look, here, I'm trying. I'm trying here. So, I'm trying here. Tim. I, feel, I feel like yeah, I feel like that doesn't make it better. Like uh, making something that's not good like a little bit better it doesn't. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Go ahead though. I think you're. Uh, you're doing a yeah, great sure. If it's so. if it's uh, <laughs> if it's a unit that's going to die anyway, sure. Like I would, I would definitely just take them away um, and use Valhalla on them. It's um, generate, yeah. So that's kind of the, the case. I would, I would use it with. I wouldn't do it on uh, Hearthguard or anything like that because you don't get a buff on them anyway. For using them. Heimdall in that situation is just so much better. It's 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 one die. And you you have a chance that your guys will actually su survive. Like the enemy actually has to throw good attacks that hit you, and you get a safe, and you still get five attacks. Like if it's a small unit, I'm I'm talking like three to five five dudes. That's I I think that's Valhalla's just flat work. Yeah, but it's a cool name, and uh, you can use you can use all three dice. Cool. Yeah. So yes. you're kind of it's it's tempting you. To, yes. to go there and it's very very fluffy okay so, cool where is that so absolutely go ahead go ahead go to go to the fluff the fluff main fluff at right. the bottom right so through it. this one is pretty sweet actually so it's using two rares it's called ragnarok and this is orders ability so until the end of the turn the melee armor of all units is reduced by one all your charges are free activations and Valhalla becomes a basic saga ability. 
first of all, I think this is probably one of the few abilities in Saga where they use bullet points, but I appreciate I appreciate it. I think it's <laughs> oh, very yes. helpful <laughs> formatting. So I, I wish they would have continued very easy this to on read. other abilities. But that aside, um, so you do get three pretty sweet, well, I'm not sure if they're buffs, but they are abilities. So uh, <laughs> changes. Uh, changes. So <laughs> changing your melee armor of basically your enemy as well is fun, especially if you're... Uh, you basically get to do all your charges for free. You have some nice abilities as well to reduce or remove fatigue from your own units. So that does help a little bit. But the reason that you're playing Ragnarok basically is that you want to do loads of free charges, go nuts, kill everything, and you basically hope you come out on top at the end. Again, like the two rare, I think yes. I've maybe had this played once against me. Um, because it's just so incredibly situational. There's no way of getting extra rares on this board, like with uh, with the Anglo Danes or something, with the noble lineage where they can pull off the exhaustion relatively easily. So this is so incredibly situational, um, and kind of like the position where all your units are in a position to get, to benefit from the free charges means you're kind of at the end of the game, which means you're probably not throwing eight dice. So it becomes even more hard to pull this one off. But what do you think about this? I think, uh, yes, I think this is very hard to pull off. And if you can do it, it can be huge, of course, uh, because your army is literally made to fight in melee. And if your opponent's army isn't made to fight in melee, then they're going to fall apart. Like Irish are just going to fall apart into Ragnarok. Like, <laughs> no, no arguing there. Um, the one problem I see is that Njord, the very good ability from the beginning, also takes a rare to remove all the fatigue around your warlord. And I think that's just such a great ability to keep your army going and stay fresh. And so having like three rares to play Njord and Ragnarok is kind of, kind of very, very rare. And um, no pun intended. And so I think, I think that's, the, that's the only reason this suffers. This could be a... Yeah, I'm not sure. This could be a common and an uncommon and a rare, maybe. That would probably be fine. Because I think you're sacrificing so much of yourself as well. That like as you said, you're literally hoping to come out on top. It's not guaranteed or anything. Um so yeah, and Valhalla becomes a basic ability. That's a change. That's a buff, I guess. But that only probably works not. if you want Valhalla. So, it's so. A little bit... so yeah, unfortunately, like two of the three bullet points are yeah. make it kind of <laughs> as good. Like reducing your own armor, although you probably You'll probably become, get on top of that one, but yeah, Valhalla is is yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I mean this this is cool. This works with mercenaries, so there's that. <laughs> so if you have cool mercenaries and kind of do three points of mercenaries with Vikings and three points of Vikings, then your mercenaries suddenly charge for free. And if they if it's like the terrible mercenaries, um, which we can talk about here in a second, then I think this can be good. Yeah. So your, your argument basically rests on not playing Vikings, but using the Viking board. That's to, right, yeah. <laughs> to be good. Yes. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, I think this is a really good time to move on to discussing how we would actually run Vikings. If you want to uh, drop the spicy knowledge of the tournament optimal Viking build. <laughs> I'm not sure I have all the knowledge there, but I can definitely... I can definitely try to try to uh, put in what I know. So I think the Vikings 
they're not taking berserkers really helps because they're armor three three and um delivering them into their target usually means they get in there with one or two, usually two fatigues it's kind of hard to keep your berserkers alive behind your warriors um while actually also keeping keeping the warriors alive or doing something other than just pushing the warriors forward and then the berserkers and um so leaving the berserkers at home i think it's a is a great start i'm not saying don't don't ever take them they they're definitely a fun unit but they're not the best unit i think Although, as you said, they work great with Valhalla, and they work really, really well with the Ragnarok. And um, so that's cool. So the Warriors, I think, are, are where, it's, where it's at for the Vikings. Uh, they're just, they just work. All the armor reductions hurt Warriors way less than they would hurt the Hearthguard. And with the, 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 the Warriors can just easily get the, like, be at a five stack and um, gain five attacks, drop their armor by one. And might even, if the opponent closed ranks, might even come out with four dudes remaining. So I think warriors are great here. And uh, the idea that your warlord is this killing machine, I think it's not, not super appropriate for the Vikings. Uh, that doesn't, doesn't seem to work, at least for me. Might, maybe it's just, maybe I just can't make it happen. And I think uh, they greatly benefit from, from very, very good mercenaries. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I think... Uh... We have a winning formula here. Although people, how do you feel about levies? Um, I I think the the bow levies, if your if your scenario kind of tells you to have something that can keep a back objective safe, they they are an option. But I mean, JP, look at the board. There's nothing here to support any shooting, um, other than of course the. Uh, the the combat bonus works great with shooting, so th that there's that. So I think generally the uh, javelin levies are better because they can keep moving, they can do stuff. They're a great screen for berserkers actually, um, because they can shoot while while moving up. But and yeah, if they get charged, the berserkers just counter charge and kill whatever charged the levies, if that's still a a good trait. And so the javelin levy, I think they're okay. The bow levy, I think they're very, very situational. What do you think? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I think the option to switch between bow and, and javelins are pretty useful. Um, a lot of times you do kind of benefit from having some shooting on there just uh, because you're fo a fully foot or band. So um, I think, yeah, I think the choice is nice, but wouldn't blame you for just taking all uh, all warriors and just going that route today <laughs> and just <laughs> just overwhelming them with uh, meat. I think the Vikings really shine when you actually take the the mercenaries with them. So the, there's there's a couple of good ones, but the shield maidens work really well um, with their Valkyrie, and then of course our Yalsik Valley works incredibly well. And I think we should. Let's 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 go into that guy because uh, he can kind of make the make the Vikings work in ways that no other mercenary can. So uh... is this the official Jarl Sigvaldi deep dive? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, he works really well. I know we don't we like we usually don't talk about the mercenaries that much, but he's just super good with them. So we should talk about them. All right. Take take it away because this is like way too much text for one one mercenary for me. Uh, I don't have the book in English, so I'm not taking it away. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Take it away, 
in German. Um, right, so Sigvaldi is actually a Yom's Viking chief, but he's a mercenary, so you can take him with your Vikings. So it's uh, one point, and it uh, it's four figures. So uh, this is basically, you have a model for Sigvaldi and his uh, three other little Yom's Viking buddies who follow him around. Uh, and it's considered a hearthguard unit. So Sigvaldi has an aggression of four, and the other three friends of his have a aggression of two, just like normal hearthguard. So uh, it's like a little bit like a heroic unit where Sigvaldi is the last uh, figure to be removed as a casualty, and um, basically you get to swap around Sigvaldi if uh, if you can't uh, maintain your unit cohesion. That's not the interesting part. So the interesting part is actually the fury that he generates himself. So just like the Yom's Vikings, they generate fury tokens. However, it works a little bit differently. So at the beginning of the game, his unit generates two fury tokens, and it basically gains a new fury token at the beginning of each turn after every melee they take part in. Every shooting that targets the unit when they eliminate the unit in melee after removing a figure as a casualty uh, for each loss suffered. So that's pretty good. So lots of different ways of gaining fury. And at the beginning of your activation phase, the player controlling Sigvaldi may spend up to three fury tokens to give Sigvaldi's unit the following benefits at this, until the start of his next turn. So this is worded slightly differently, but it'll all make sense. Um, you're doing once, great. Keep on once going. I once I read the table. So this is by far the most yes. ridiculously long uh, mercenary uh, entry. So we keep going. So what can you do with all the fury tokens that you're amassing? So if you spend zero fury tokens, none. If basically <laughs> no benefits. However, if the unit loses a melee, it betrays its employer, and from now on, it counts as belonging to the opponent who won the melee. This effect lasts until the end of the game or until the Europist betrays his new master. I'm not sure why you would ever do this because he can basically get one token um, at the beginning of the um, the turn. So, okay. yeah, you can you can you can safely do this turn one just to kind of collect your amass these uh, the fury tokens. Because turn one, you're like, unlikely to get. Uh, you're probably not going to lose charged. a melee. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You spend one fury token. The unit benefits from the resilience one and determination special rules, which is great because you're basically saving yourself a saga dice. Um, as per, or if you spend two fury tokens, as per one above. Uh, remove fatigue from the unit. The unit also gets plus one bonus to the results of each of its attack dice, in addition to the resilience and determination special rules. So you're just Pretty stacking good. the special rules. However, it gets even better. So if you decide to use three fury tokens, you get the benefits of spending one and two tokens. So that's resilience, determination, remove fatigue, plus one bonus to your attack dice. And the unit's armor is also increased by one against both melee and shooting attacks. So basically, you become a armor six unit um, in melee and shooting. You get plus one to your attack dice. You get resilience. You get determination, and you get to remove fatigue. That's uh, pretty huge. 
So yeah, yeah I think I vomited a little bit in my mouth right now. Yeah, these guys, these guys are, ab are obviously absolutely amazing together with your warlord. Um, just having these guys walk around together, having Njort ability to remove the Njort ability to remove fatigue if you need it, and also removing Hearthguard from your friendly unit to save your warlord and giving them uh, them fury uh, to make them even more powerful. That's just there's no good target here if you if you start targeting. The Zikvali unit themselves, they're quite tanky. And so with with uh, they will they'll always have if they're in re reach for you to attack, they'll always have resilience and um at least resilience, I should say. And if if you tr decide to attack the warlord, they can just take away three of the Hearthguard. And uh yeah, that's just it's just a disgusting combo. What how how uh what do you yeah, think, if you think about, about it? Like, this like, why would you ever pay for four Hearthguard if you could just use this unit? It makes no sense, right? Like, the, yes, uh, yes. Like there's no benefit. Like, sure, okay, you can use your board abilities, but the intrinsic abilities that they have themselves are so insanely good. Um, for no for cost. no cost, and they can get determination, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, really easily. It's just insane. So, um, efficiency-wise, this is a little bit of a no-brainer. Yeah, and then because these guys will have determination and um, actually have their own saga abilities, that frees up like on a on a usual turn that frees up one, two, three saga dice for the rest of your army because these guys you actually have their saga abilities built into their stat block, and that's that just makes the Vikings a lot better if they can spend all the dice on just on on one unit less. That's great. yeah. So this is. Um... I'm not sure I would say auto-take, but it's definitely a very strong contender if you want to play the Vikings um, and really help yourself a little bit. So, yeah. To think about. And this is also this is also kind of surprising. Uh, some people, like, they don't expect Sigvaldi to be this great with the Vikings, but he really is. And so um, Vikings being a beginner war, war band, showing up with Sigvaldi, you know, that 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 player knows what they're doing. Or they've so. listened to the activation Oof. phase. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. So um I think we've covered everything except for the model choice. This is probably one of the easiest or I guess most difficult one Dude, to talk about. It's easiest because <laughs> there's so many great options. It's difficult because <laughs> there are so many options. Yeah. Uh but really like you can go from the, the kind of comical proportion ones with War Games Foundry from like the 1990s vibe to uh, ridiculously <laughs> detailed plastic ones that look very modern with Victrix and everything in between. So, so what, what do you think? What do you think is one perfect choice that you would say is exactly in between, but still a plastic uh, kit that I you think could use for this? Gripping Beast Dark Age Warriors fits. Really nicely into this, especially Oof. if you're going for the okay. warrior build. Okay, that oh, I'm yeah, I wasn't sure. I'm, I'm glad, glad we're getting paid option. by Beast <laughs> for this uh, endorsement. But yeah, um, look, if we're talking about Age of Vikings, Gripping Beast Dark Age Warriors will literally um, <laughs> sort you out for basically every single faction. So. Uh, you can't go wrong if you're just dabbling in Age of Vikings and you want to 
do a little bit of everything and you don't mind painting lots of warriors. If not, uh, Vikings from the Victrix range also pretty nice. However, there you're, I think you're struggling a little bit on the unarmored body uh, front because uh, a lot of a ridiculously large amount of them do have uh, chainmail. So it depends uh, depends how you feel about the yeah, uh, the abundance of chainmail in uh, in Viking armies. Um, <laughs> they're a great combo with the archers and slingers kit. Like that, you have uh, there's you you made a, a video I think for that for our YouTube channel and um, where you can actually like build your archers and slingers bodies with the actual with the Viking stuff. So you get so many different arms and helmets in the Viking kit that you can very easily swap swap them with uh, some of the archer kits, uh, Viking archer kits, and basically have all the unarmored bodies you could ever uh, ever want. So that's a pretty easy fix. Um, if not, yeah, just type in Viking miniatures and you get like a billion different options. Enjoy. <laughs> There's like five Kickstarters every year. Just. Oh, I'm not sure that's enough. Just uh, in STLs, like in printable files or in metal, just there's there's a lot of very very cool models. I'm not sure uh, we can we could ever try to list like even half of it. Yeah. So how do we feel about the Vikings? How would uh, how how many how many drinking horns out of five would you give them? I would give them. I think 2.25 drinking horns out of five. All right. Because I think they they have some tricks and they're perfect to teach a beginner. Um, and they're a great like starting point to get into Saga. But as a competitive warband, I think they only really work with the mercenaries. And I'm not sure those drinking horns that the mercenaries earn are <laughs> supposed to be a part of the out of five scale for the Vikings. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I Do you see yourself taking them to a tournament? No. All right, that was no, because... that really quickly. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I just don't know how to play them well enough to ever take them to a tournament, yeah. All right, fair enough. Um, I'm actually tempted to, to take them because then if I do badly, I can just blame it on the army. So uh, convenient. convenient. But uh, I think with the, the Sigvaldi, it would definitely make it uh, pretty, pretty tasty, pretty spicy. And uh, I have some young Vikings anyway, so it's a pretty easy switch. So who knows? Maybe. And, and I think it's perfectly fine to bring Sigvaldi with the Vikings. Like, the, no one can be mad at you for trying, to, uh, for trying to bring a good mercenary with the Vikings. It's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. Like, <laughs> that's fair. Indeed. All right. Age of Vikings, Vikings faction, done in the uh, in the box, finished. What's our next faction? While well, we're waiting for Oof. the FAQ twenty twenty, midway through twenty twenty three. No pressure. I think uh, I... No pressure. <laughs> I think I'd be down to do like the last Romans. I think they're a great faction, and um, th there's a bunch of there's a bunch of cool fa factions waiting for us. I'm not sure which one. We'll do next. Indeed. Yeah, so many cool factions in Age of Vikings. Even though it's been out for a while now, it's still still exciting. Still people finding new things, finding new ways to play factions. Pretty exciting. 
it's just it's just the staple the staple book right that kind of made everything else spawn from it <laughs> like yeah they they introduced all the uh, these cool new these cool mechanics where the battle board isn't just normal but kind of kind of special and that was that just it's, it's it just still works cool. all right that's rooms next we'll see when uh when we can record between now and the the end of time is all we're committing to yes that's all right perfect. thank you very much to uh, for listening to the activation phase always lovely to have you here thank you very much tim for dropping some knowledge bombs tactics tips and everything else thank you jp all right have a nice evening guys all right bye bye cheers like five minutes i'll be right back and read you know the i'm recording Viking this I'm, I'm gonna put this in the yeah go ahead <laughs> <laughs> i have the explosive diarrhea and i need to take care of it i'll be right back enjoy thank you all right bye